0: The Distraction, hosted by former Deadspin writers Drew McGarry and David Roth, is a new sports podcast coming from Defector and Stitcher. Join the guys and their guests as they break down the week in sports while addressing their fair share of off-the-field issues. Whether it's discussing NBA players getting testy in the bubble, Bill Belichick cutting 80% of his roster just to keep himself interested, or horrifying takes from sports talk radio that need to be broken down, Drew and Roth are ready to serve you some hot sports action but do stick around for a few extra distractions. You deserve them. Listen and subscribe to The Distraction, a defector podcast right now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
1: Maybe I'm crazy, but I really need to work on my Bane impersonation. I
2: was born in
1: the dark. It's so bad. Ooh, maybe I'm case, maybe I'm Casey, maybe I'm mad. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Hope you are healthy and safe and you had a great weekend. Thanks for checking us out. This week, my friends, my boo, Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report, Joins us, very excited to talk to her, pick her brain about the Patrick Holmes contract, what's going on with Bubba Wallace, why our president is tweeting about sports when we're in the middle of a pandemic. Lots of stuff to talk to her about, so I'm very excited for that. Of course, the whole crazy gang is here, Heller, Donnie, and T with the Culture Report. But let's get started with Taylor Rooks. All right, very excited. My boo, my girl, my sis, Taylor Rooks on the podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining us, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I just love that we're twinning. Like we both have our braids happening, <laughs> you know, protective styles in this quarantine time. Uh, if you haven't seen Taylor's amazing show on Bleach Report, take it there. You have to go check it out. She's also doing a Instagram uh, series called Take It There, defining on her Instagram and on Bleach Report's Instagram and YouTube, which is amazing. Uh, you talked to Matt Barnes most recently.
3: Yeah, yeah, Matt Barnes, DeMar DeRozan, Malcolm Jenkins, have one with JJ Redick. Um, it's, it's been giving me a lot of joy and just meaning and fulfillment and, and doing these and having conversations that I think everybody genuinely needs to hear to, to try and learn, but also to try to identify with these guys and the things that they have gone through in life that have led them to these beliefs about race and social justice that they have right now.
1: A big topic right now is the NBA bubble which I have lots of questions and concerns about. As far as sports coming back, I get the question, I'm sure you do all the time too, Of you know, what do you think? Like, is it really gonna happen? Is sports really gonna come back? And I'm very optimistic about baseball. I mean, obviously all the sports are coming back, right? We know that. But how's it all gonna work? I'm the most optimistic about baseball just because of the design of the sport. They're far away from each other. They have giant squads. They're not, there's not a whole lot of physical contact. So I feel like they're in the best situation to at least control if anything goes badly. Football is still yeah. a few months away, so I'm very optimistic about how things will look in a few months from now. Um, again, trying to stay optimistic, but the NBA has given me a lot of concerns. One, they are—it's a very intimate sport. There, is, there is no yeah. uh, equipment between these guys. Um, it's, it's very problematic if a star goes down. I think it's more influential than it would be necessarily for an NFL team or a baseball team. What is your biggest concern about the NBA bubble?
3: I think my biggest concern about the NBA bubble is literally one player getting it. And I say that because, like you said, for basketball, I think it'd be very easy for it to turn into kind of a domino effect. Right. Like. If one player gets it, who are they around, was their game, how many other people possibly have it. Now, granted, players are being tested every day and are wearing those rings that would monitor quote unquote, early signs of Corona. There are bracelets be, that will be worn when they're not on the court that will let them know if they're within six feet of a person. There are definite measures that will be put in place, but one player getting it really could derail everything. And I think right now, a lot of people are looking at things like the soccer bubble, where a whole team can't even be in it anymore because of Corona. There's an outbreak within this thing that's supposed to be a bubble. So there's definite concerns. I mean, not everybody who works at the hotels that players and media and everybody will be at is also subject to the same protocols. Those are people that are shuffling in and out of this quote unquote bubble. So it's a bubble, but it certainly has some holes in it. And that's probably what's like most concerning in general. And also you want everybody in the bubble to follow the rules. I mean, are we, are people really not gonna see other people or is everybody gonna abide by exactly what they should? Like there's just a lot of questions, um, but I do know that the NBA has thought about it so heavily and they are trying to do all the things they can to ensure that everybody does stay safe and tested and they can see coronavirus the minute that it happens if it happens but hopefully it does not
1: well the mental health aspects for me is also a major concern in this situation because this is a massive ask i mean listen We want basketball back, desperately, right? Yeah. But this is a massive, massive ask of these men and women. The WNBA also in a bubble. Because not Mm -hmm. only, as you mentioned, do you have to stay completely quarantined, right? You're going to be in your Mm -hmm. room all the time. So it's essentially like, a a never ending road trip. You are not eating what you normally eat. You're not sleeping in your normal bed. You have to wear a ring. You have to wear a bracelet. You can't socialize with other people. There's the constant anxiety of if you are going to possibly get sick, you can't see your family. I mean, it's all of the initial quarantine issues that all the rest of us were dealing with at such a heightened level. What you have obviously talked to a lot of players is that level of it a concern to to them? Because it's a it's a concern to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that coronavirus from the
3: beginning was a major concern for players. Like a couple players, maybe three weeks after the NBA was initially suspended, were kind of like, we just shouldn't go back. Like the idea of not going back to play basketball because of coronavirus was happening months ago right it's just a thing that's being discussed a lot now because basketball is very close to coming back but you also do have players like kimba who's like listen when i'm at home anyways all i do is go play basketball then go home i can do with the bubble but then you have players who are married have kids that are like how am i gonna not see my family for this long now granted there is i guess this thing put in place that when it gets to either the uh western and eastern conference finals maybe the semifinals family members can come to see that. So it's not that you would go forever without seeing your family if you make it that far um, into the playoffs. But you're right. These are all concerns. Mental health is something that should be taken incredibly seriously. That is a thing that a lot of basketball players deal with, whether they say it openly or not. Um, But I also see see it as a lot of us were doing or have been doing this for quite some time not leaving our homes because we had to quarantine. I think the main difference and the the difference is going to be difficult is the family aspect. But being in your room is honestly, that is the responsibility we've been putting on every American to do, which was go to work and go home or go to do things you have to do and then go home. So if that is what it takes, for everybody to get their money, for everybody to finish the season. Like, I don't know if I think that's too much of an ask. Because it's what we asked of America, was to stay away from people, you know? Yeah,
1: that's fair. I think it's just more of being, it's such a, you've already kind of been quarantined, and now we've loosened quarantine a little bit, and now you're kind of going back into another quarantine. Which you're right, we all are basically doing but I just feel like it's it's so, it's so such an intense situation. So that yeah. said, I also think because there are so many factors, Corona, you know, this is not a normal training camp situation. You're not going to be 100% in shape the way you would be certainly going into the playoffs. I think it's impossible to predict who wins the championship. Oh, I'm year. with you
4: on
3: that. I am so with you on that. Like, I think it's impossible to predict who wins. And then I'm also like whoever does win i'm not saying it means you didn't work hard and that you don't deserve the win but if it gets to a point where certain people are not playing on these teams that are superstar teams At what point do we say, okay, maybe this is a little different? I'm not diminishing the fact that someone wins a championship, but it's silly to say that this championship is the exact same as all other championships. Whether that's good or bad, it's not the same. Like, and I don't know why that's being like so ignored and everyone's like, no, a championship's a championship. Yes, but there are so many factors going into this win. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know, but I I think obviously right now if I had to pick, okay, who's going to win, I say the Lakers just because I don't think you should bet against LeBron, and I know LeBron has probably been going hard every day of the quarantine in preparation for this exact scenario, but I don't know. I I, am very interested to see final rosters come July 30th. Like, who is on the court, who's not on the court?
1: So that's an interesting perspective you just brought up. I hadn't really thought of it that way. I think if I think if it's you know best case scenario um obviously no one gets sick right we can't predict regular injuries but best case scenario no one gets sick and there's full original rosters obviously lakers minus avery bradley and say it's milwaukee and the lakers or milwaukee and the clippers i think in that scenario which is extremely optimistic I would not look, I, I would agree with you there's a lot of factors, but I think I would, I would be more inclined to give that team like their full championship credit. Yeah. But, if things don't go that smoothly and you have, you know, a, a, just a complete flip upside down scenario, which I think is entirely possible, then, I don't know, is that fair? Because I think that, I think that's, I'm, so I think I'm with you
3: if on that. I'm imaginary scenario, right? Say Western Conference finals come and it's Lakers Clippers, and say that, Like a Clippers star is not playing. Right. Okay. Do you still view, and say the Lakers win, right? Because this Clippers star isn't playing. Do you still view the Lakers
1: going to the finals the same? But is is the Clippers star not playing because of a regular injury or, God forbid, Corona? Like, let's
3: say they're not playing because,
1: like, they don't want to go to the bubble.
3: I'm saying I'm counting oh, people that okay. maybe get corona in the bubble, which I hope nobody does, or people that decide they aren't gonna go to the bubble. Okay.
1: I don't know. I think I have to wait and see how it all plays out and how yeah. I feel in yeah. that moment. But yeah, there's just so many factors. It's just no matter what, it's going to be very interesting. And I'm like praying that everyone, you know, stays healthy and it's, it doesn't become a bad situation. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out because it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah. And
3: I want to know, like, what is this going to look and sound and feel like a basketball game with no
1: fans? Like, I'm very intrigued by that. Well, the basketball, I think, also is the is the is uniquely the sport that's affected the most by having no fans because it is such an intimate setting, a basketball game. And, you know, yeah. baseball, you know, you can make the joke, like, the Marlins never have any fans anyway. But, like... I've seen baseball games without fans. It's not ideal, of course, but like it can't be done. And football yeah. in this, in, in a similar fashion, it, it's obviously we want fans there. That's the most ideal scenario. But football, I think, can be played without fans. Doable. Baseball, doable. Obviously, we've been watching soccer. MLS is starting this week. I think tomorrow, doable. Basketball is going to be interesting. And this, And I think what I'm trying to figure out is there's a lot of talk that goes on on that court that the, the fans yelling covers. How they, I mean, this is, we got a family my watching. Thing is, I
3: say like, let's lean into that. Obviously, I don't know, you know, the way TV goes and the way cable goes and the rules and restrictions probably can't, but I think it'd be cool to really be there and like see what it's like for them on the court and hear what they're saying to each other. Obviously, certain words can be bleeped out, but- I think that just adds to this like unique perspective we're supposed to be seeing in the bubble. like this is what's really going on on that court because right. at this point with all of these things happening with basketball, they should be doing whatever they can to make the viewer feel like they're there. and I don't know if there's anything more feeling like you're there than hearing exactly what's going on. So I think it could be interesting to figure out a way to you know have a delay on the broadcast so that things can be you know proper when they need to be. <laughs> Um, but still letting the fan into that experience. I think that could be something that's really beneficial.
1: So big news from the NFL yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, $500 million. Money. Ten-year, well, actually 12-year uh, contract. I, I, I haven't heard a negative thing about it, except for, you know, some people saying, like, he's he, you know, left some money on the table. But to me, this is... This is not unprecedented. We've seen other players, you know, Michael Vick, get 10-year contracts. But I do feel like that was a moment yesterday. It was like, okay, we've arrived at the new NFL. You know, the, the, the Brady, the Rivers, the Manning. Like, we've now transitioned. Obviously, we know that Brady is still playing. But this is, this is the new face of the NFL. This is the new wave. Yeah, for sure. And I think not even just, like,
3: the new wave of the NFL, but, like, the new wave of players. You know what I mean like we it's been really cool to see the styles of Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson like they bring something to the game that I think this is the perfect era and perfect time to be that type of quarterback like Lamar is somebody who he's at his best when you let him be who he is I don't know if Lamar could have existed this when Michael Vick existed because I think even if a Michael Vick player existed now, they would be exponentially better than Vic because of the time that they're in. And, and Michael Vic was fantastic. I love Michael Vic. Um, but it's cool, you know, seeing Mahomes like be the best, playing the way that he is meant to play. Um and it's it's really nice. I tweeted the other day, like I think it's cool to see these black quarterbacks get paid what they deserve to be paid. That's why it was a really cool moment for me to see Mahomes get that check, and I know everyone's like, he's even going to see all of it. I get it. It's it's more of like the idea that this is what he should get, and he actually got it. I think it's rare that you see somebody get the thing that they deserve to get when it comes to sports. So, and it's it really is a win-win for everybody. Mahomes wants to stay there. I'm sure that Chiefs won Mahomes, who won it. So, it's, it was a really, really cool day and very well-deserved.
1: Yeah, and I don't have I don't have so much of a problem with him leaving money on the table, so to speak, because once you get to a certain level of money, like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Two million dollars like, is, is not changing extra, like, five mil. Yeah, yeah it's gonna, not changing your you lifestyle. Know? So, like, obviously, he's he's got a lot of smart people around him. His father was a major league baseball player. He's not out here signing bad deals. So I'm happy for him, and I thought it I thought it went uh as smoothly as it possibly could and and me personally, like I do not enjoy talking about players money because I want everyone to get paid like I was, you're not yeah, taking any money yeah, out of my I pocket either. I'm never
3: like that was too much I'm like no like there's no such thing as overpaid you're paid what the market allows right. so if a player gets a lot of money that's not overpaid he's paid what they said he'd be paid like you know and I also don't like talking about things that I do not directly identify with, you know, like the same way we don't want people to tell us how to be members of the media or how to be journalists, because the only way you would know that is if you are one, you know, it's like, I can't tell Patrick Mahomes, he left money on the table or like asked for too much because I don't know what's actually happening. So I'm this happy he was paid and that he seems happy about it. So I'm with you. I'm not talking about people's money. I'm like, just get paid.
1: Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I love Dak. And I like want him to get paid. And I'm, but then I'm also like, uh, I mean, this is kind of a reasonable contract. So maybe, you know, maybe you should <laughs> sign that. But maybe you should decide. <laughs> I'm not in the room. So, you know, I think Dak deserves to get paid and he's the future of the Cowboys. And I don't think that Mahomes' contract in any way directly affects Dak. Like certain people have their own markets.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Agreed. So another big move that's happening in the NFL right now is uh, finally the Redskins are changing their name. Um, Dan Snyder does not deserve any credit for that because he was forced to do that by FedEx. FedEx deserves the credit for that. But um, what would you say to people who are still resistant to this idea of changing the name? Which, listen, I've not been calling them that for years. Uh, I just call them the Washington team, but you know, it's, I mean, it is difficult time. Like you, we are, we work in the media. Like you have to talk about this team. And to me, it's a very obvious slur. I don't understand how anyone could not see it as a slur. What would you tell someone who is, who is pushing back on this idea?
3: I mean, I don't know. I always say that, you know, you're not offended by the name because you're not the person who's meant to be offended. Right. Right. Like if, If somebody is like, I don't get the issue with this name. we've been calling it forever. It's like then that means that this really isn't your problem to tackle. It just means you should support those that feel like it is their problem, you know. The history of Washington isn't going to be erased because you changed the name. It's like, no, you're actually just going to end up on the right side of history because you're doing the right thing. Granted, money forced you to do the right thing. But now the right thing is happening. So I'm not in the business of other people telling people how they should or should not be offended and also how they should react to being offended. like If one native person feels like this is a bad name, it should be reevaluated. And it should have been re-evalu- reevaluated years ago. So this is a move that should happen. And at the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter if there's fans who don't want it to change because it's being changed. Right. <laughs> and so there is a large group of people that are the minority that have had to do things for a very long time that they did not want to do. So. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Yes, welcome to 2020, we're here. Welcome to the party. Yes. (laughs) Um, So our president tweeted about that, um, their president tweeted about that uh, yesterday. And um, he also tweeted about Bubba Wallace. So you and I haven't talked about this situation, but when the initial story came out, the initial report from NASCAR came out, I wasn't shocked, but I was taken aback like, wow, okay, I really hope they find who did that. Because I'm reacting to the statement that NASCAR put out saying there was a noose and it's a heinous act and we're going to find the person or persons that did it. So I'm reacting as you were to information that was given to us from NASCAR. Then of course, everything happened before the race, after the race. And then I got the alert from Bleacher Report, best app in sports media, in my opinion. And I got, it is though, it's the best. Um, I, I got the, the alert that's the FBI findings and my initial thought was that's the worst, the worst outcome from this situation that, I, that could have happened based off of what's already occurred. Now, of course, people took what I said out of context, saying like, I wanted there to be a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage, which is of course not true, because if you're listening, that's not what I said. After NASCAR puts out a statement, after everything happened before the race, during the race, after the race, interviews, reaction, et cetera, for this to be the outcome is the worst case scenario because racists are going to, then they already were calling him Jesse Smollett, Uh, calling him a liar. They were going to say, this is the perfect example of why racism doesn't exist and everyone's sensitive and everyone's PC. Um, And now yesterday, uh, Trump tweeted, everything that I said was going to happen verbatim. Yeah. What was your feeling when you saw the news and when you saw that tweet yesterday?
3: Yeah. Well, it was twofold because, you know, yes, a lot of me is like, thank God it wasn't a noose, right? You know, I don't want any black man to go into a garage, and granted, he did not go in the garage, see it, nor report it, which is very important. That was not blah, blah, I would not want there to be a noose or any symbol of a lynching in the garage of a black person or for any black person to have to see. So half of me was like, okay, listen, I'm just so happy that it wasn't a noose. But no part of me was like, the fact that it's not a noose means racism doesn't exist. Like, racism is alive and well, not only in America and the world but on that in that very garage that this happened I mean they had confederate flags in the parking lot because they were banned inside of the venue somebody flew a confederate flag over the venue because it took so much of that took so much out of them to not be racist they had to go out of their way to do something racist that couldn't be stopped right so and Bubba is still Though I'm black driver, so the news to me doesn't diminish the fact that racism is isn't alive in NASCAR. Like I could not care less about the news being real or not, because I know for a fact that the experience that me and other black people have had are not an illusion, right? So a white person wants to say, okay, maybe this time it wasn't a noose. We can point you to literally a thousand other times it was a noose, right? <laughs> you know, so. I'm good on that. Like, and don't try to latch on to one thing to make yourself feel better about the history of racism in this country. And like, think about why you're so quick and so wanting Bubba to look bad in this scenario. When just from a human element, Bubba is somebody who went through something incredibly traumatic, thinking that somebody put this in his garage. Like all of these things are like important. And that's why I say that noose or not, the problem exists. And that's really what, what we should be focused on. And the fact that Trump is tweeting that, first off, he's so late. Like we had moved past this and like we're trying to focus on ways to fix racism in NASCAR and in all sports. Like it's just, I don't know what that's accomplishing, which is what I think about many of his tweets, but my heart goes out to Bubba in a fight that he's going to be fighting for a very long time, just like all of us have been fighting a fight for a long time and we'll, we'll continue to.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, there's a global pandemic, so you should be very busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very busy.
3: Bubba's response was so perfect, though. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very- like,
1: Bubba, it's had to do with so
3: much right now, so I just am like, please, you need a day
1: i'm very proud (laughs) of him yeah have a a, a self-care sunday um yeah i'm very proud of him i'm i'm a bit more hostile when it comes to dealing with these things so i you know i commend him because he's he's very measured um and always finds a way to put it in perspective that he knows that you know there are a lot of young people that look up to him and, you know, how he handles this, which he should not have to handle because the facts alone should ab- absolve him from all of it. But that's why my reaction was so, I was so outraged. Because sure, it's not I that I wanted there to be a noose there, but it's like when you put out a statement that says that and everyone reacts to it because you put out a statement that says that, this wasn't mm-hmm. an assumption by the media. It wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't a Snapchat picture that we then rolled with. Like this was a statement. Absolutely. Okay, that we reacted to based on the information you gave us. And now this just puts Bubba in a really impossible situation, which he is well equipped to handle, but I have empathy for him because I knew that this was was going to happen. And you know, the president having time yeah. for it is just mind blowing. Um, before yeah, I can go, you were right. um, speaking on this topic, but circling back to the bubble, a lot of the players are going to be wearing unique jerseys with social justice messages, the court's going to say Black Lives Matter. Um, What do you think about all that? Because there's mixed reactions to that. There's there's kind of mixed reactions to a lot of the things that leagues are doing, you know, playing the Black National Anthem before NFL games and, you know, just kind of taking advantage of the platform. But is it really going to be effective? In my opinion, I think just keep it in their face, like right there, the whole the whole time yeah um (laughs) yeah because you're gonna watch so i have i I, however um it moves the conversation forward i'm cool with i too have mixed feelings about it i just do not want
3: people to feel like doing something that is symbolic equals change Mm -hmm. right like Having names on a jersey or phrases on a jersey, um, having Black Lives Matter on the court are all things that are great and bring awareness. And that is important. But that is all step one. You know, the step two is like the action and like what tangible items are going to be to be implemented. What tangible programs are going to be implemented in order to advance black people in this country and the things that the NBA can do. There's so many different things NBA can do to do that as well. In a lot of ways, I think that the symbol is the easy way out. And we in so many ways have gotten very consumed with the easy way out and thinking that it's the best thing we can do. And that isn't true. Like, I just want to see more than just somebody having to be aware of it because they're watching a game for like a couple hours and see Black Lives Matter. Like, there has to be more than that because we have seen symbols. Like, you know, we saw LeBron and Melo and d and Chris Paul at the SBS and talk and like that was great and it was a powerful moment but I'm past powerful moments, right? Like what's the change? So I would encourage like the NBA to think, you know, long-term, like what LeBron is doing with voting, like that is a long-term plan to try and help black people, disenfranchised voters. Like that's very, very important. Um, So I would hope that we can see more things like that. Cause yeah, I, I do have a lot of mixed feelings about, what's happening right now. I don't know if that's enough. Like if there was all this talk about what are we going to do for social justice? It, I think it has to be
1: more than, than just that. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I, that can't be the only thing that you do, but I don't think mm-hmm. that it hurts the situation. Like, I don't think it, yeah, you know, but, I, I don't think it, I don't think it, it stops it, but yeah, you have to do more than just that. You have to do more than post the black square, you know, walk the mm-hmm. walk. And, and that, that's what this time is about, really, is holding everyone accountable yeah. to that purpose and that, that, uh, that message.
3: As I said, when you mentioned, you know, the whole playing the Black National Anthem before the
1: games, I know there is a, a big group of people, a
3: big conglomerate of people that feel like, okay, this is stupid, why are we doing it? You know, we don't want them to play the anthem, we want them to arrest the people, who, the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Right. A fact, You need to arrest the cops that kill Breonna Taylor, 100%, that's priority i however i might be a popular belief but i actually think the thing the other things people are doing are important like the the way we're like we're changing certain terminology or playing the black anthem like that to me is important because what we're seeing is racism is so ingrained in everyday things that the more we can take it out i think that goes towards like this overall freedom that we're all trying to accomplish. And I think both things can be true. Like, I don't know why we'd be upset that certain things are changing because one thing also hasn't changed. Like if we can do enough to get rid of like racist language and oppressive language and history, like Confederate statues that are up for no reason, like all of that to me is going towards this end goal that all people have or all black people have. Like, I, I think it's okay that one is happening too, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I think um, like to your overall point about, you know, the change that's happening and history, history to me is the biggest element of this. Like when, when I look at what is, what is the core of the division in this country and why is there so much, you know, arguing and why isn't it just so easy to be like, yeah, black lives matter. Totally agree. Let's fix it. As we, as Americans do in crisis, we fix things. I mean, 9 11 is a great example of something horrible happened in our country. And it was like, okay, we're all Americans. We're about this life. Who do we get? You know, and a lot has happened since then that we could could get off course when it comes to that particular topic. But we certainly had a moment and we have moments where we come together as a country. And I think it's history that is the issue because so many people in this country do. Either not know the history of this country, um, black people included, because we were not taught it in school. We were not educated on our own history, and then also our our own history is is not that easy to access because we don't have records of slavery, and so there's there's a whole gap of information and communication and knowledge in this country about our actual history and who these people are and how did we get here? And it's not about erasing history. It's actually about telling the whole story, which has not been told. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, and you're right, like exactly. The core of it is not erasing. It's just explaining, you know? Like you literally, it is not a hyperbolic statement. You cannot explain the history of America without starting with racism. like the only way to talk about America is to talk about its relationship to race. Right. Like it's it's the only way. Like and the way that we tell stories and where we start stories is super, super important. Like if you want to start the story of black people by saying like, or no, let's do Native Americans, right? If you want to start the story of Native Americans, like, okay, there was this man who came over and he discovered America and then we have America now, right? Instead of saying there was, a, there was this thriving land of native people till one day a man came over, killed them all and started America. Like those are two different stories. But we start with version one, which paints Christopher Columbus as this, like, some hero that should be revered and have right. a holiday. But if we'd say exactly what happened, beginning with A and not beginning with like D, like it's it completely changes the narrative. And that is the way with any historical figure, even like the people that signed the Declaration of Independence, like you think about the Constitution, those people own slaves, right? But we just see them as like the people who made history.
1: And two but, like, things can be true about what that history. Two things is. can be true. Yeah. They did establish this country, but they also own slaves, and you yeah. have to tell both parts of the story. And and this is why I, I think overall, like you know, an an overarching theme to everything that's happening right now. And it also relates to sports. Um, And this was a topic that I talked about a lot when it came to Drew Brees and how people initially reacted to everything that was happening with George Floyd and then the Kaepernick conversation and even before with the Kaepernick conversation. Because this is how I really feel. We are living in a particular time, especially for the last four years, that we will not forget in our lifetime like this year 2020 is something that no one in our lifetime has experienced right yeah. in older people or young people so we are all going through this this just hit after hit after hit of of things as a as a whole world not even just as america and how you react like were you the person that went to the store and bought up all the toilet paper okay like what were you doing <laughs> in this time yeah because
3: yeah. It's a, def- it's a defining, it's a defining time. moment yeah. in history
1: and you have to pick a side. And that's why for me, I don't have the patience of Bubba Wallace. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not finna sit here and argue with you. You pick your side, go ahead over there. All the information's here. If You want to come learn, educate yourself. There's more than enough room on the bandwagon. We're not about to yeah. judge, you know. It's conversion time. You know what I'm saying? Like, just just get on board, right? This is what we got to do. Yeah. This is what it is. It's about it's changing time. If you want to pick that side, remember, 200 years from now, we're gonna have your tweets, all right? It's gonna be a different, you know, we'll yeah. have alien uh, technology by that point, but we're gonna remember where you stood. And to me, like yeah. that's an overarching idea that I think everyone needs to consider. How did you treat your neighbors? How did you treat your family? How did you treat uh, you know people that didn't look like you? How did you talk about people? You know, what did you do right now when it comes to race, when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to people losing their jobs and losing family members and losing businesses? like and everything that's going on with the political landscape, it is all-encompassing. It's just a completely different world now, and how you act is going to be remembered. and that should be that should be in the forefront of your mind, when we're talking about taking down Confederate statues and just like mm-hmm. you said, who who were these people that established the country? History may look back kindly on you for a certain amount of time until people start doing their research and then decide, okay, your legacy isn't just that.
3: Absolutely. No, you're so right. It's, it's a new wave and everybody needs to be open to understanding things that they maybe haven't experienced. Like that's one thing I'm realizing is people think that if they haven't seen it or haven't experienced it in their life, it doesn't exist. And that goes for all things, race and even things like Corona. So many people are not taking Corona seriously because it hasn't affected them the same way they're not taking race seriously because that hasn't affected them because they haven't they haven't had to be affected because they're white like so we have to make it more normal to empathize with things that we don't know directly um and I think that speaks to what you're saying that like if you're able to do that and put yourself in positions that you don't know like that is what we need as humans right now and as good people and as americans like in the series at the end of every episode i ask every person to define america like what does the word america mean to them and malcolm jenkins answer was america is a place that i'm constantly trying to make home and i think it's so important for white people to realize that this doesn't feel like home to many people and with that in your mind, just say, what can I do daily to make this place home for them the same way it is home for me? Um, so I think you're right. And I do hope that everybody walks in that and, and does the best that they can to make it a good place for everybody.
1: Yeah, I think I think the one word that I keep running back into when it comes to these conversations overall, and it applies to sports right now, it applies to a political landscape. It applies to the pandemic. It applies to uh, race relations. Is empathy, and there's no shame in that. It doesn't make you soft. It doesn't make you a coward. It doesn't make you, um, you know, off move off of your moral standpoint. Empathy is something that every human being should have. And if you are devoid of empathy, you need to figure out why. Quickly, yep. Quickly. Quickly. Yeah. So, well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for yeah, coming on with me. I know I miss you. It's, um, unfortunately, probably gonna be a while before we see each other again. But um, I love you dearly. If you haven't seen Taylor's show, go watch it. She's amazing. She's uh, one of the best in the industry and obviously a, a very long and bright future I'm so proud of you I love you I hope you're safe and amazing and your family is good and I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast yes me.
3: love you so much thank you for having me and I will see you on the other side of this
1: turn <laughs> up Prince of privilege. Hey, that name
0: is funnier than ever, isn't it? <laughs> Golly. It
1: is. Uh, what's going on? am I winning or quitting today? All right,
0: let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you to you and your agent and the Chiefs, because now we got something to talk about. Yes. Cam Newton was great, but we were running out. We were running out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the latest numbers for Adam Schefter, Uh, It's a 10-year extension. It's worth $450 million. The injury guarantee is $140 million. So he's $140 million richer no matter what happens. That being said, Joy, uh, is that deal too long? Quit it or quit it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Quit it. I I think it's an amazing deal for both sides. When Colin said it on the show today, because I hadn't seen uh, Schefter's tweet yet, I was kind of in shock, like, damn, 10 years, like what industry right. really gives out 10 year contracts? Like anything that you, any, any industry where you have to have a contract, generally a contract that long is really only benefiting the talent, right? Like
2: right.
1: It, it, unless you're talking about a salary cap situation, which this is yeah. like a baseball contract, obviously they give out super long contracts, but all their yeah. money is guaranteed. So it's spread out over a long period of time, but they're gonna get every dollar of whatever that contract is. So, so we, we always see this in baseball, so it doesn't, it doesn't shock us. But they also don't have a salary cap. So like I said, they're gonna get all that money. This is a different situation. What about five years from now, the salary cap goes up dramatically. And then, oh. you know, the whatever, 30 million he's making, 30, 40 million he's making a year, you know, the next guy right. comes up and makes 65 million. You know, you know how this works. To me, I just yep. think, I think it's a great situation for both sides. I think the Chiefs have their guy now, so they can they have him locked up. I'm sure because forever, it's, it's really actually a 12-year contract because he had two years left on right. his current deal. So it's really a 12-year contract. So he's in Kansas City forever. Go ahead and buy you a house, boo-boo. You can get a, a house in Kansas City. You can get a house in uh, Missouri. You can get a house at the Ozarks. You can do whatever you want. He is basically a... Uh, worth a half a billion dollars, like not not even paid all that yet, but like that's what that contract is on top of the endorsements he's already had and are going to make because of this. Congrats to him. He deserves it. He's the best player period in the NFL. And they, we knew it was going to be an insane contract. Certainly none of us were expecting this. I think it's great though. The chiefs have a guy they can trust. They know what kind of character he is. They know what they're building around and Mahomes got his money and he doesn't have to stress about an ongoing contract situation like Dak. So, look, obviously we knew that the Chiefs were not going to, you know, argue with Mahomes. He was going to get paid. But this is a great situation for both sides. I'm happy for him. I think that overall the bigger message that this sends me is, you know, if you are a high-level talent and you show that you have the character to not only lead but you do the winning— you're gonna get rewarded if it's with the, if you're with a good organization. Like, what does this mean for Lamar Jackson? This is, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm like, Ooh! oh, girl. Oh, thank you, Patrick.
0: Oh my goodness. Because
1: anyone who's a young quarterback who is at a high yeah. talent level, this is what you this is what you're gonna get now. Like, how could this? The yeah. bar has been set. Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. My question is, what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson?
0: I mean, it better be damn near this.
1: It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. I don't okay. think it's going to be a 10-year deal because Deshaun does have some injury questions that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have. And I think this might change the DAC negotiation as well. I, I don't I don't think they're going to give DAC a 10-year deal either. But this, this is going to have a big ripple effect on the league. My just initial reaction is the Chiefs knew what they had in Patrick Mahomes, and why not? Why go through the stress of it? Just pay the man. You'll figure out the salary cap. You know he's he's going to obviously be flexible, move some money around, yeah. so they can keep pieces there. This really means they just signed up for several Super Bowls in Kansas City. So congratulations, Kansas City fans! You guys are set for the next ten to twelve yeah. years, and that is uh, that is a very good feeling. They are they are the new Patriots, and uh, and I'm cool with that because they are flashy and fun. Mahomes is amazing. Yeah, he's outspoken. He's socially conscious. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's great representation of the NFL. Yep. Great face of the NFL. Not some boring square. It's amazing. I love it. He's
0: got his Kermit the Frog voice. Uh, he anyway, no, no, but he. But to your point, he delivers a, a fun brand of football to yeah. watch. So I think that helps. That helps his case as well. And this is, you know. This is what, this type of contract, 10 years, but great value now, decent value down the road. This is what mutual trust looks like between an organization and a
2: player.
1: And he has an adjustment for the salary cap built in. So he is going to make more money to scale when the salary cap, if the salary cap goes up. So there's never yep. going to be a point where he's screwed over, which is great.
0: Right. And now I just got to figure out how to pay the rest of them dudes. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's stay in the depths of Trump's Twitter um, because he weighed in on the Washington football team naming saga that has reemerged in the most classic 2020 fashion. Uh, Here's what 45 tweeted. They named teams out of strength, not weakness, but now the Washington R words, he said Redskins, Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians, two fabled sports franchises, who uses the word fabled, look like they are going to be changing their names in order to be politically correct. These are also his words, not mine. I don't want to read this, but he did in fact say, Indians like Elizabeth Warren must be very angry right now. Yucky, Uh, on a... Completely different page than all that bullshit. Uh, different folks have floated some ways to honor Native Americans, changing the name, uh, like the Washington Warriors, that has alliteration, so I wanna like it, it, is a little too projecty. Uh, another interesting idea was the Washington Red Tails after the Tuskegee Airmen, but to me personally, that sounds like white people over-enunciating African American in an effort to not sound racist. Um, I've got a couple more ideas in the tuck, Joy. Well, let's try to turn this into a fun thing for a second. Here's my favorite, Joy. The R words should change their name to the Washington Winds of Change, with it or quit it. Quit it. Um, hold on, hold on, let me defend it. Let me defend it okay. before you quit it all the way. So first of all, it would be the word win is in fact in Winds of Change. Mm-hmm. So the Redskins are looking for a win anywhere they can get them right now, the R words I mean. So, like, they would, at least would have win in the name of their team. Uh, you could also just call them the wins, Washington wins. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and, like, imagine this. The Washington wins blow through Arizona for week two for their, for, for their first road game of the season. I, are you convinced yet?
1: No, it's not good. But, but I appreciate the thought and the effort in it. it it's too many words. Okay, I mean, it's got to be like one thing. Okay. So that if it's the Washington wins.
0: Wins, but that's, I'm saying it's short, but it's like, think about it like Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, you know what I mean? It's just the Washington wins of change.
1: But it also makes me think of <laughs> the autumn wind is right. a raider. Right, right.
0: And I mean, that's a that's a decent brand, I guess. OK, let me give you a few more before we actually talk about this subject. Um, I actually really like the Washington wackos because you could like still wear all your headdresses and shit, and it just would like seem like part of a okay. saying the headdresses uh, is just
1: part of this process.
0: OK, um, what about the Washington walruses? Walruses are super cute.
1: Yeah, but not inti- <laughs> not intimidating unless you're like literally standing uh, next to a walrus.
0: OK, uh, do you Washington waffles? It, it doesn't like waffles. have to be
1: WW. It kind
0: of does, I think.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: I really like alliteration names.
1: What? How many other teams are there? Like Seattle Seahawks. A lot.
0: You just named one, for example, the Seattle Seahawks. Anyway, let me keep going. Uh, I'll I'll hit you with two more. One, what about the Washington Wokes? You just go the full other direction. Okay. And then finally, cross-promotion opportunity here, the Washington Whoppers. It's like big hits, but it's also <laughs> burgers, and then you and then you, got and sponsorship then you get sponsorship going. Um, yeah, I,
1: I I don't actually hate the idea of making it a sponsored name. Um, it's it's actually kind of genius. Uh, MLS does it.
0: The new main the new name's gonna be meaningless regardless. MLS does it. So
1: so you know everyone's moving in the sponsored direction. Stadiums change their name for sponsors all the time.
0: All the time, they get big bucks off that.
1: People still know where to go, so I don't, I don't, I don't hate the idea of changing it to a sponsored name, Um, and then making more money off of it. But uh, so what I do hate is that it's taken this long, and it's taken this much pressure and time and energy to get him to change the name. Him being the owner, Snyder, who fought Snyder. to the to, to the ends of the earth to keep this name, which is which he should be embarrassed of, considering now the fact that he's being essentially forced by a sponsor to change the name because any kind of social pressure was not going to do it because this has been going on for years. I'm not a good person with names. It takes me forever to come up with names of shows and names of segments and I'm not the best with that. Uh, There are great marketing people. Uh, My only suggestion is stop naming teams and stuff after people. And then we will be able to avoid these situations probably in a much more drastic fashion. I'm glad it's happening. It needs to happen again i don't know what the president is doing or how he has time in his day you know people come to me people tweet to me all the time like how do you have time to argue with trolls on twitter i'm like i don't know because i'm single and i'm sitting on my couch and it's the middle of the afternoon and i have nothing to do so why not roast right. a few people i am not in right. charge of the country so if I was, I feel like I don't have time to respond to Joe two five four six seven about what he thinks about anything because it's irrelevant. So I, I again, I do not know why the president has time for this, but he's made it, he's made it his his goal for today to talk about uh, just for about that hour the NFL. Yeah, I mean, just for a few moments, because he went back on to like chlorine or whatever else he's talking about. The overall point yeah. is, um, I'm glad it's happening. And if people, need to, uh, if people need to get over it, like right now. Just get over it. I don't want to hear about its PC. If it bothers you so much that you need to stay attached to something that people are telling you offends them, and not this Elizabeth yeah. Warren situation, OK? Actual Native Americans, who, by the way, OK? had their land stolen from them and then mass murders and genocide and are still disenfranchised to this day and underrepresented in all forms of government are telling you this is offensive to us. And if you just say the word, just say it and then you think it really shouldn't take you that long to land on why it would be offensive. So to those out there who are saying this is PC culture, get over it. We have arrived in the space and time where people have a voice. And when, because you have a voice, you being the person that hates PC culture and I have a voice, and people, other people who are offended have a voice, we now know these things are offensive. So are you were dancing around in your little field of daisies, ignoring everyone else's opinion and thoughts and feelings, right. that's not where we are anymore. Now everyone's got an opinion and overwhelmingly, you are going to walk into situations where you realize maybe your opinion was not really, it's not really that cool. It's not PC. It's when something offends someone, you do not have the right to tell that person they can't be offended by it, especially if it actually affects them and doesn't affect you. Again, I I lead this back to parenting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody told you everything about you is the most important thing on planet earth at all times. The earth revolves around you, whatever you think is right. All of your crappy pictures go up on the refrigerator. Some of the pictures don't make the refrigerator. That's not good. You better. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't have any other ones ever- in your life, and it shows. So that, that's, that's where I am with all this. I don't have any more patience anymore, as you know, but I'm glad it's happening.
0: Yeah, people in 2020 don't have patience for your uh, stubborn old ideas, Dan Snyder. Like, I don't – it's just we don't people – are, people are jobless. People are hiding out in their homes from a pandemic. We got time. We got time to serve you if you have some old bad takes. So first check yourself. And then start looking around because ain't
1: no time so for that anymore. Do you think yourself. you think
0: that do you think 2020 uh, is coming for some other team names too? You know the Indians, the Blackhawks, the Chiefs, the Braves, the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. So the Indians, um, the Indians are already having this conversation, which is good, and they right. finally got rid of that uh, horrible logo not too long ago, which was which was yeah, a step yeah. in the right direction. Okay. I don't I don't know if the Chiefs and the Braves are going to be put into that category. Um, because they're, More
2: descriptive. they're
1: literally are chiefs and Braves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas they're not, there are not literally Redskins and there are not literally Indians because
0: unless you're racist or old, have an old way of thinking, yes, you're correct.
1: Right. I mean, right. I don't, I, sh- I don't want to have to explain why that, right. that is what it is, but yeah, so I don't, I don't think that the chiefs and the Braves will change, but the Indians and the Redskins certainly should.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then I slipped the Dodgers in there past you just because I don't like the Dodgers. Yeah, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with their name. There's
1: nothing wrong with their name. <laughs> what up, Donnie? What's going on high key Low Key this week?
2: High key. Cam Newton said he's putting the humility aside and he's about to roar this season. Low key, if we've been seeing Humble Cam up to this point, the NFL is in some deep doo doo.
1: Unleash! Uh-oh. Roar, Cam! Roar. You're not a Panther
2: roar. Patriots don't roar, but we get it.
1: <laughs> uh, what do right? pa- what do Patriots do?
2: Uh, they like <laughs> write Bill of Rights.
1: Yeah, I just watched Hamilton this weekend. What do they do? They uh, I mean, they like uh, exalt. Ex- no exalt. I don't know. I can't think of the word, but yeah, I mean that video is something. I love it. Like that's why I love Cam Newton. I don't have a problem with any of it. You know, I rarely do, but. Yeah. I am interested to see how this actually like translates to the Patriots, right? Because we've seen characters, not like Cameron Newton, but obviously Gronk was a very out of the box individual, not just for the Patriots, but like for the whole NFL. So, but he fit because he's a tight end.
4: Mm He's not the
1: quarterback. mm -hmm. So I, he's not the face. So. I, I'm really interested to see how this goes with the Patriots this year. I love it. I think that like now that he's signed, he can really unleash. Rawr. Yeah, you going to
2: let loose some. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> the British it. are coming.
1: That's a, yeah, that's a roar. What is it? Roar? The, the British are coming. Oh, yeah. All right. little <laughs> oh, will stick with the lion references. They're better.
2: Yeah. All right. High key, the Bengals are building their office around Joe Burrow's quote-unquote comforts.
1: Low key, a, a comfy quarterback equals a comfy team. Right? I love comfy. I love being comfy. You know? It's like a nice yeah. t-shirt, sweats, my onesies. house
2: shoes. Onesies onesies, yeah. That's peak comfy.
1: Onesies are onesies. Com- peak comfy. But it's got to be like when it's cold out. Because otherwise it's...
2: Yeah. You can blast the air conditioning. That, that, that's another option. That's but, yeah. the
1: move. <laughs> I love this. This is great news from the Bengals to me. Like, oh, this yeah. is what I want to hear. You drafted Joe Burrow. Make it about Joe Burrow. So many mm-hmm. times teams draft players and they're like, you have to fit into our system.
2: And the I've been and running and- the
1: system for 25 years. Make it work. Instead of yeah. just putting pieces around your quarterback and catering your offense to things that your quarterback not only does well, but feels comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. That's how he's going to excel. So he's not thinking about things all the time. It becomes more second nature to go through the offense. He's able to make adjustments and important decisions more quickly than having to think about all the repercussions of this play and this move, because this is not something that I'm used to doing and feel comfortable and natural doing. This is what they did with Lamar Jackson. How did that work out? This is what Harbaugh did with Colin Kaepernick. How did that work out? Now that Joe Burrow is Lamar Jackson-esque or Colin Kaepernick-esque, I don't think he's that type of quarterback, But he has a little bit of that in him, and he was extremely successful in a system with Joe Brady at LSU that was catered around him and what made him feel comfortable. Now, of course, you can make the argument that he had a bunch of great players around him. Sure. Most great football teams have great football players. Guess what else has great football players? The NFL. Now, obviously, the Bengals have the worst of those great football players, (laughs) but they're still NFL players. So I, I like this. This is a good step in the right direction. Hopefully this translates to success on the field. I don't think this year is the year for the Bengals, not just because of Joe Burrow, but there are a lot of factors in why it's, this is just, this is not going to be a lot of people's year because they're going to be behind the curve because look, yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic and we are in the middle of it. I thought we might've, been, we might've been inching towards the end. Nope, we're right back in the middle of it. <laughs> Smack out, we might be <sighs> the beginning for real, for all we know. I'm trying to be optimistic, but you know, it's getting harder and harder to do that. So I, I do think this is good news. Do whatever you can to make your rookie quarterback feel comfortable and oh, set yeah. him up for success in the future, which means do what's good for him. High key,
2: the NBA is almost ready to return. Low key, Zion Williamson looks like he's more ready than anybody.
1: Zion Williamson, high key, looks like Bane.
2: He's ripped.
1: He looks like Bane because, you know, with the mask. The and mask, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they should have used Bane as a marketing tool to wear masks, mask and more people would wear masks. Because Bane is actually, everyone loves the Joker, but Bane is really, he's the most badass villain.
2: He's the villain of our time right now with, with the mask, I would say for sure. Yeah. Bane is the villain to follow. If we're well, going to follow a villain right now, let's, like let's put be, Joker aside and later. Yeah. Let's go Bane's route.
1: Yeah, Bane is definitely, Bane is the... He's my favorite villain out of, it's so tough though, because like the Joker Mm. was such a great character. I know this is really about Zion and we'll get back to him in a second, but like Bane, I love Bane. Bane is like sexy. He's so intimidating. His voice. Yeah. He merely adopted to the dark. I was born in the dark. I was molded by it. Molded by it. You feel in control. Uh, it's so good. Bane is amazing. And he looks like Bane. Like, he looks so intimidating. He doesn't look like the young man that we knew just a few months ago. He looks grown. Yeah. He looks ready to take the Pelicans into the playoffs and the bubble. Can we go with a better name for the bubble, by the way?
2: Mm, the dome. The, the Thunderdome.
1: So, <laughs> the it has to be something in between bubble and and. and and thunderdome because like it can't be too intimidating with everything that's going on so it's got to be like you know what i'm saying we got to find a better name for it but anyway i i love what i've seen from zion he looks amazing and it's really a testament to what kind of player he is going to be because quarantine has tested all of us mentally and emotionally and it's hard to keep a routine that you don't have to keep and Mm -hmm. obviously he's in the nba and he wants to stay in shape. But staying in shape and improving your shape drastically within the time that you've had off are two different exactly. things, and that's clearly what he's done. So he looks great. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do in the bubble. And uh, again, I think this is just going to be a totally unpredictable situation. But you merely adapted to the bubble. You was born in. I was born I was in, a- in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, T. What's going on in culture report this week? Hey, Joy.
4: So Colin Kaepernick is making some recent headlines. Um, Last week, Netflix uh, revealed there will be a scripted limited drama series about Colin's high school years with creator Ava DuVernay. And anything she's a part of is just like, golden so there's that and then uh recently walt disney company announced a partnership between disney and capped focused on a scripted and unscripted story exploring like race social injustice and race inequality and part of this series will also include um his life as well so he's become one of those like one of the most prominent voices for racial equality and after being blackballed from the league for kneeling in protests of racial inequality and police brutality during the national anthem i think it's about time that people put some respect on kaepernick's name so this deal will extend across disney platforms including espn hmm, emphasis on espn hulu pixar walt disney television and the undefeated this is huge
1: joy so what do you think about this cap and disney partnership I think it's amazing. I was really excited for the Netflix announcement because Ava is incredible, and I know that that series is gonna be awesome. And I'm very interested in it as well because we don't really get to learn too much about Kaepernick um, and you know, like where he's come from, his childhood, his life, and up until this point, because we've been so focused on talking about his message and his protest, which has obviously exploded into a much bigger conversation as it was meant yeah. to do but yeah i'm really looking forward to this um disney is on top of it always so you know the production and whatever that they put together is going to be at the highest level cap deserves yeah. this and uh, i'm really interested to see what kind of content they put out i know it's going to be powerful stuff either way but yeah this is a this is a great great news and uh more importantly in a time like this where people are still so insistent on being uh, divided on the other side just keep it Right there in your face, can't get, can't get away from us, honey. <laughs> right here. Yeah,
4: yeah. No, I love. It. I think a lot of people were like waiting for him to come back to the NFL, and I'm like, Colin is gonna. Colin's destined for like a big thing. I'm saying the NFL isn't a big thing, but I feel like that because of everything he's doing, he's like I'm just not surprised. Like he's gonna just be, I don't know, maybe doing some movies. Just really, just I feel like his life is gonna be like this huge legacy, and when well, I look back and be like.
1: He was the start of all this change. Yeah, I've always felt like he was going. History was going to look back on Colin Kaepernick and what he did in very favorable light. And it's only three and a half years later, four years later, and we're already getting to that point. I mean, he sacrificed his career, um, and what many felt like was his future. To protest for something that he believed needed awareness brought to it, and it was very controversial, and is still controversial, and the conversation is still continuing. So, um, as far as the NFL goes, I still have a feeling that a team may call him this year. Um, one of the main reasons for that is now, if he is interested in playing in the NFL, is a different story. I'm assuming that he still is interested in playing. Um, but, you know, I haven't seen anywhere from him specifically that he wants to play. I know that he's just continued to stay in shape, so I'm assuming that he does. Um, I think the team will end up calling him this year because there's already been those conversations, and, you know, we are dealing with a pandemic. There's going to be injuries, as there are every single year, but this year I think is going to be very unique in that space. We don't know what to predict as far as you know if people are going have to be out on quarantine during the season and you know so there's there's a lot of extra factors that could lead to you know a lot of players who might otherwise not have opportunities outside of you know kaepernick's unique situation that will be getting calls this year so i do th- still think he has an opportunity to play in the nfl this year obviously a lot still has to be you know determined before that happens but either yeah, way is. this collaboration is going to be amazing and i can't wait to see what they turn out
2: I know.
4: Me too. Exciting, exciting. So um, back in 2015 at the MTV Movie Awards, we saw Kanye West announce that he's going to run for president in 2020. I mean, I didn't really hear much after that until recently. Um, He decided to tweet that um, he's running against Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And Joy, I'm I'm a little confused. I'm, I'm wondering if this is like a publicity stunt. It makes me think, okay, is this to promote an album or something? And I mean, I think to tweet that you're running, I I feel like back in 2015, at least there was a poster. (laughs) So I'm like, again, I'm confused. I mean, I don't know what he's really done to like get the vote of the people. I mean, just announcing that you're going to run. I mean, sir, like he's musically talented. He makes all these clothes that a lot of people like and shoes. I mean, his wife has done a lot of work in the justice system, but I don't think that that means that he can run a country. But I think a lot of people are thinking, well, Donald Trump is a businessman and he was able to do it people feel like that he was able to do it, but that's either here nor there. And I think that people were saying, well, Donald Trump can run, and it's the same thing with Kanye West. Like, what are your thoughts about him running for president?
1: We don't have time for this right now, okay? <laughs> we just don't. So I don't know if this is a joke, but if it's a joke, it's not funny. Like no one, it's not funny, all right? I, I don't wanna hear this is a promotion for an album. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of fighting for racial equality and I just don't have time to be talking about Kanye running for president. First of all, I'm done with celebrity presidents. OK, me personally, I was I was done before it started. But let's just leave yeah. the, pol- the politics to the politicians, please. Like people who have, who have spent their life in public service, whether they're good politicians or bad politicians, at the end of the day, they're politicians. And here's the deal. When Donald Trump was running for president, there were a, a great deal of people who were like, you know what, I kind of like that he's a businessman. I like that he's not a politician. You no, know, all these politicians are so corrupt and they're owned by big companies. And, you know, I think I'd just like to see some change in the in the White House, you know, something different, something different for a change, you know? And yeah. I would ask them all this question. So you're sick, right? Non-pandemic, just, you know, everything is normal. You, you're sick and your only options are, The best mechanic in town, the very, very best, or the worst doctor. What are you going to choose? I bet your ass is going to go to the worst doctor. Because at the end of the day, they're a doctor. The person that can fix the hell out of a car is not going to help you. It doesn't matter how good they are. And that's how it is with politics. He doesn't understand policy. He doesn't understand foreign governments. He doesn't understand war. He doesn't understand the consequences of saying anything. He doesn't understand right. how the government actually works. Like you can't just sign an executive order and now all of a sudden it's the law. That's just, that's not how things work. And politicians yeah. understand that's not how things work because they're politicians. That's what they do for a living. Right. What Donald <laughs> Trump does for a living is tell people that they're fired arbitrarily on a TV show, TV show that he produces and hosts. Okay. And then on the side, you know, he has had a successful real estate business and also bankrupted with many others. When it comes to Kanye, I do not have time for this. I have very little time for most things Kanye does at this point. But him running for president, if he is not serious, I'm, I'm annoyed because why do we need to be having this conversation about Kanye? If he is serious, what he's going to do is simply take votes away from Biden, um, thereby helping Donald Trump to get reelected. So thanks for nothing. Because he's not gonna, he's not gonna win the presidency. We already know yeah. that, and he would not make a good it's president because he's not a politician. I don't care what kind of ideals he has. This is silly nonsense that none of us have time to be talking about right now. We have much more serious things to do and things to discuss. And it's just, he's not gonna win. He shouldn't win. We need real leaders and, and real politicians and people who understand how to run a country, the consequences of running a country, the consequences of being responsible for an entire nation of people that then affects other nations. You know, a leader, like, of men and women and people and humans, like, you are responsible for lives. Many, many, many of them. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Kanye, he's like, oh. <laughs> It's going to be off my list of things to talk about when it comes to the presidency. Let's talk about Kanye's uh, well, gap line.
4: Right. Yeah, that's that's more of his alley for sure. Yes. Um, so, look, on a positive note, much more positive, um, I saw Hamilton, which was so good. And, you know, Joy, usually when there's so much hype about something, I finally see it and I'm like, all right. I mean, it was cool, whatever. But Hamilton lived up to the hype. I mean, it was three hours of greatness. It's literally a masterpiece. Like, the acting, the singing was phenomenal. I enjoyed it so much. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius. And it's one of those musicals I feel like that you'll need to watch again. I end up watching it with subtitles because somebody said I should. Uh, you may want to watch it a couple times so you, in case you miss anything. But I actually envy people that saw it live because I can't imagine what that experience would have been like to see that. But... I've just seen so much positive feedback. I loved
1: it. It was, loved it, loved it. How much did you love it? I'm so happy that you loved it. And I didn't overhype it. We talked to Donnie and Heller on the podcast prep call. They were not as enthusiastic. But I will say though, watching it back, I'm glad you loved it. But watching it back, Mm -hmm. I've seen it twice. I was like, you know, it's amazing to watch it again because I do love it. But the impact of seeing it in person and then watching it makes it like all the better because you know like what what emotions you're feeling watching it live um but i'm glad that you enjoyed it i'm so glad a lot of people enjoyed it because i've been endorsing it heavily but it is great it's amazing and you're right like it's it is a work of genius and Mm -hmm. i have been listening to the uh Mm -hmm. soundtrack non-stop again but my feeling like when i left the show the first time and the second time I just wanted to see it like just because I enjoyed it so much. But the feeling I left with the first time I saw it was this like pure motivation. Like the artistry, yeah. the innovation in it, the performances, like the messages in the song was was all like so motivating to me. And like that's what I that's why I enjoy it so much.
4: Yeah. I'm like, did I just get a political history through like some rap music? I'm like, wait, what's happening? Like, I love that. Like it was great. It was so. so yeah, I also
1: great. feel like that's just how we should teach history from now on, so that people just for sure. Because it. <laughs> like it's it like you learn I'm like I didn't know that, but it's it's like it's a part of it's a part of history that's that's articulated in a completely artistic way that is is just it was amazing. Like it's great entertainment. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it on Disney Plus. It's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you to Taylor Rooks for stopping by and the crazy gang. Make sure you go subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. And you can listen to the podcast on any of the major podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartMedia app, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And we will check you next week. Thanks for joining us. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not.